Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by using your divine gifts, your story, and your life experience. I'm excited today to have Cordelia Gaffar. Show, uh, Cordelia, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Kellen. So I'm excited to have you. Why are you happy to be here? Being with you is always a joy. And oh. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's um and and being um being awake and alive in in my body in the way my body feels today is even better. That's fabulous. So I'm grateful to have you and we're going to talk about creating life of purpose, prosperity and joy. Now people watching this show likely don't know you yet. And so um, I like to start with an interesting, or what I think is an interesting question. So let me ask you, and I don't want you to withhold anything. So I, I want you to tell me and the guests or the audience, how does Cordelia add good to the world? How do I add good to the world? Well, I'm going to answer that in, in a couple of different ways, but first by smiling and saying hello to people with eye contact. <laughs> and and that's for the people that get the joy of walking past me on the street. But what I bring to the world with my purpose is guiding people back to mining their joy within and creating sustainable practices that so, so that they can really nurture themselves and nurturing. There's a distinction between self-nurturing and self-care, right? Self-care is kind of what is required. You wake up, you take a shower, you know, brush your teeth and stuff like that. That's self-care. Um, but self-nurturing is the slowing down and being present with what is actually required in each moment for for you to be living in a perfect 10. I love perfect 10, and I love the fact that you choose to smile at everybody. You know, that's a free thing that we can do, and it does actually matter. People mirror neurons, and you carry an energy with you, and a choice to be that person is really good. So thank you for that. I want to dive into this um, nurturing stuff. I know, so... so before we dive into the nurturing stuff, now introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you live, how you got there. You can take <laughs> as long as you want. I, okay. I, well, I want to start with the other thing because I want people to think about what it means to have a mission to help people mine joy from within. So hold that in your thoughts as you listen to her talk about who she is, how she got there, and all that good stuff. Okay. 
So um, I am also the ultimate joy goddess, normalizing great sex. I'm the author of eight books, mother of six children, have won multiple awards, two awards for my Free to Be Show podcast. I also am a host and lead the team of the Ultimate Coach podcast. I'm a speaker and uh, a coach, and I love to take people on retreats within and actually in different places in, in the world. How did I get here? Once upon a time, <laughs> uh, long ago, I actually worked in corporate America because that was the thing to do. You know, you do well in school, you graduate from college, you get that job, and then you get your dream job until you realize that that is not fulfilling. And so I, I exited corporate America about 19 years ago as a CFO for a small IT company in D.C., and chose my second career as a homeschooling mom. And I gave that my all. I'm still giving that my all to one of my kids. And um, what I love about homeschooling is I get to see humans develop. I get to see their personalities develop and uh, really understand how we learn and how we receive information, how we interact with the world. And through that process, I remembered what I love, right? Because watching children helps you to see who you are and how you are. And so I started writing again. And since I'm not attached to outcome, I, I was more interested in people actually using the information in the books. So I, I, started doing workshops in my local mosque at first just to help the other homeschooling moms to um, to be able to take care of themselves so they can show up better for their kids and their family. And then one day there was one mom that wanted more. She was like, do you coach people? And so she she's a part-time corporate attorney. And so I that's when I started coaching and and then I started speaking, and um, and as I was working with others, I, I I continued to work deeper within myself, right? Because I'm doing my own self nurturing, so I can be that mother for my kids, and be that for others. And you know, so through my own coaching, my own um, transformation, I realized something that. I was in a marriage that was not for me. So after being married for 20 years, I got a divorce a couple of years ago. And then I realized that there was more research or, or more uh, transformation that I required. And I, at that point, started studying authentic Tibetan Tantra. And here I am halfway through that program. And that's when I realized the healing that I required was more deeply spiritual, more divinely connected. And while it sounds really cute and catchy to say normalizing great sex, that's really the outcome of all the inner work that I've personally done and now I support my clients with, who interestingly enough happen to be CEOs and <laughs> vice presidents in companies, so. 
When you decided um, 19 years ago to leave corporate and become a homeschooling mom, that's quite a, a shift. You said you're a CFO of a small IT company. And see anything, CXO has real responsibility inside of a company, makes decisions that sometimes are thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. Millions. Yeah. yeah. And so um, <clears throat> what drove that decision? You said you weren't, quote, it wasn't fulfilling. And I hear that a lot. People say, I was a cog in the machine and I was this corporate thingamajig, whatever. But it didn't do anything for me. I wasn't making a difference. And so we hear all that. What what happened to you to say, okay, I'm going to quit being a CFO today. I'm going to go home and take care of my kids, not just take care of them, but show up for them fully and all that good stuff you said. What? Tell me a little bit about that jump. It wasn't much of a jump. Um, there were a couple of things. So physically, I, there was quite a lot of stress and pressure. <clears throat> and my, in in that position, because I... Well, I'll tell you from a couple of different ways. So first of all, just physically, I had two miscarriages between my first two kids, right? So the stress and the weight of not doing the position, but the politics of being in the position, right? So I, I think I was probably like 31. And um, so I was the youngest executive on the team. I was the only woman. And... Um, I, I, I mean, it was a pretty diverse company, so I'm not going to say it's it's because I, I'm Black or Muslim. Even the owner was Muslim, you know what I mean? But it was just the dynamics of um, even though I would make, I would do the research and, you know, make the proposals to the CEO of what direction to go and, you know, how projects are going and, and different, you know, changes to make, it was it was always dismissed, right? And at some point, it's just like, am I just a title holder? You know, it's kind of like, I felt like I was just sitting next to him in meetings for no reason, you know? And it, I, I, I just couldn't do that anymore. And I thought, well, do I stay here and I try to navigate the situation or should I use my time differently? I have small children. I do really want to to have this family and I do really want to be present with them. And they'll only be young once, right? So for me, it was a priority and I knew it'd be more fulfilling for me to be with my kids. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to be completely present. Um, so homeschooling is quite a, Quite a, an adventure, I guess. I have a sister who homeschooled, I think they have six or seven kids. And so she's had that adventure, and they all did well. I mean, they've all grown up and gone to university and graduated and done blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to say blah, 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 because I don't know the details on all of them. But they, they've, they've done well, and uh, from at least from external appearances. Uh, what made you decide to bar embark on the homeschooling adventure as part of being present for your kids? Mm, that's a really great question, right? Because I could have just put them in school and been really involved in school. <laughs> you could have done that. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't. Um, well, th there was a, 
I believe like a misdiagnosis for my oldest, you know, um, the preschool she went to, they said that she might have ADHD. So I wanted to monitor that a little bit more closely and do my own research. And, you know, I, I did, of course, get some opinions and it was so the teacher thought she had ADHD, but when I went to the specialist, they were like, oh, you know, she's just four. And that's what I had assessed. So, um, but all the same, I thought, well, if she has a learning difference, let me be the one to direct the traffic for the teachers because I want to know my kid more than them, you know? And then it just became just, I wouldn't even call it a labor. It just became a delight. And I, and I, got to be a child with my children, you know, and seeing how they learn about the world. And so I wanted to know better ways to help them to, to learn. And uh, yeah. And then, and then I just didn't want to give up on it, you know, because they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We got to spend so much time together and homeschooling is such a misnomer. I'm sure you've observed your sister is not home very often, so we were like constantly on field trips and, you know, creating adventures with communities. So, yeah. So then you went on and had a number of other kids and homeschooled them, which you're still doing now. And something in that process where you were with your kids and nurturing them brought you to a place where you couldn't stay in the relationship. And those are always painful and multifaceted decisions. And so I'm not trying to delve into too much privacy here, but what? Yeah, uh, leaving a relationship, especially after twenty years, is a big deal. Uh, it's not a it's not a trivial thing, but I feel like the way you described it, at least, it had a lot to do with your yearning for growing as a person, uh, perhaps taking advantage of opportunities you weren't able to do things that were not really part of the landscape as long as you were in that partnership. So, talk a little bit about that because that seemed like a major milestone on the on the journey of getting you here today. So what I don't want you to know about me, Kellen, is that I was miserable in my marriage. Ten years in, I knew that I had a choice to either stay married um, or not. And I chose to stay married because I value marriage. I think that it's a great, well, I thought it was a great institution, right? And so I was willing to do whatever it took to make the marriage work because I grew up in a family where my parents loved and respected each other. They had great compassion for each other and all those things. And I thought that was normal, but apparently it's not normal. And so I wasn't in that type of marriage. And um, what I uh, endured most of the time were the opposite of that. You know, I wasn't talked to very nicely. I wasn't treated very nicely. And so I chose deep practices of self-nurturing. I, I had to learn what is gratitude. And it, that I basically created a system to every time I was not being spoken too nicely or respectfully, I would smile because in my mind, I was translating it into a language I wanted to hear and I was used to hearing, right? The way my dad spoke to my mom. So I would, you know, whatever he was saying, I would translate it in my brain to what I wanted to hear. And so um, 
I refuse to be miserable. I refuse to let that swallow me whole. And in fact, instead, it led me to do lots of research um, and looking for all forms of natural medicine. And so that's really where Replenish Me comes from, the process that I've, I've created. It came from being the medicine to keep me in my marriage until it wasn't. <laughs> well, you decided to do that, and then you've moved on, and you still have one, uh, one kid at home that you're still working with. But now you, you talked about having created <clears throat> earlier the, the services for those that you could serve, and this is where we really get to purpose, prosperity, and joy. Like all these events, what, I, what I've discovered is I talk all the time about divine gifts, but what I really understand is the the life experience that we have that we sometimes struggle through that sometimes breaks us and uh, or until we choose to allow it to create us and and to participate with that creation all of those things happen and we grow and then always we yearn to serve and so you created this thing of homeschooling and have gone on and created a coaching practice and a replenish me and things like that so I want you to talk about the creation, uh, the creation of those things, uh, and, and you give them names. The Replenish Me, you said, came from your need to transform those interactions to a positive frame and reinforcing. But talk more about this coaching that you've created to serve with that came from the gifts you have and your rich experience with your kids and with the choices you made both to stay in and then to leave the relationship and so forth. Talk about that. Yeah, the the creation, you know, as I reflect and I look back, it, it, I was always creating, right? We are always creating, whether we like what we're creating. <laughs> That's the rub. Um, in my case, you know, like I said earlier, I initially just wanted to help the other mothers to be able to breathe, you know? And so I was already in service, but just opening, cre creating a bigger world for me to do that in away from the homeschooling uh, community began, I want to say in 2018, I went to Bali for a speaker's intensive and that's when I realized there's like a whole world out there of people. You know, I was like the only American there. Everybody else was, you know, from Australia or Europe or someplace closer by. And um, I was like, wow, you know, I could, I can really help a lot of people in the world. I didn't realize that it was such a common thing that, that people didn't, uh, I will say default to do, right? To, to nurture uh, themselves. And back then I looked at it as a body soul shift, right? Because we live in a body, but it's the, the choices that we make that really shift our soul to either to serve or to shrink or to, you know, whatever it is we choose to do with it. And um, that just, that, opened up my mind and my 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 eyes to more and so i i just looked for where are all the places and all the people that i could 
you know, possibly serve and um, found myself, you know, like in London <laughs> and uh, Arizona and Texas and um, creating different, in the beginning, they were like, I would call them replenish me experiences. And then, uh, well, I didn't actually change the names, right? Before they were just like one day workshops and then they became retreats. So um, I took a group of women to Hawaii last year, you know, I went to India this year and I'll be going to Mexico in a couple, I guess next month or this month. So um, it's, the more conversations I have, the more people I meet, the more different ways I understand that I'm able to serve. Um, it, it's, I, I see, I, I feel uh, a very intuitive connection and understanding, you know, with the people that I work with. So I'm creating it with each conversation and interaction. Uh, you said something a minute ago. That's fabulous. And I, I can imagine, you know, I don't know, but I can imagine the people that go with you have a very um, eye-opening experience. You said something about we're always creating, and it depends on what we choose to create. Now, um, people don't view that. Most people, I would say this, at least the significant majority of people that I talk to, don't use that kind of language. They talk about what's happening around them or to them from the world, from others, from the circumstance, from the government, the weather, the God, the, the economy, whatever. And you're talking about what we choose to create. So tell me how we choose to create this and what are my options if I don't have to go with what's happening around me? Talk about that creation process. Hmm. Well, now that you said that most people don't talk like this, which I'm aware, right? I'm I'm going to use different language, right? So it'll it'll be more relatable. So you're always creating because I'll I'll tell you a story. This this happened to me on Friday. I went um, for my photo shoot, right? And I just didn't read the email, so I didn't park in the right place. I parked in a place where I had to pay for parking. And my photo shoot went over. And as it turns out, when I went to go to move my car, it wasn't there. Now, in that moment, I had a choice to, like, freak out and, you know, or do whatever people do, you know, get get anxious, crazy, or whatever. And I was just like, okay. My car's not there, right? And so um, the way I actually found out is I was with a friend and, and he had gone to, to check for my car and came back and says, so your car got towed? And I said, okay. And he said, "It's all we have to do is just call the city and find out where it is. So I called the city and I found out they had moved it. They'd literally moved it. Now there's a world where it could have gotten towed, been at a tow lot, and that's a whole different story, right? But it, it, we went to go look for it, and it was right at the location that they had given us for the address facing me. And to my delight, I only had a $200 ticket, right? That is what I created for that experience for me. There, there are people whose car would have gotten towed 
And even if they saw it sitting on the street, they would not be grateful for that. And they certainly would not be grateful for a $200 ticket. But I, I was very grateful that my car was not at a tow truck lot and that it was on the street and that all I had to do was pay the city $200 for being kind enough to move my car so that the rush hour traffic can flow where I had stopped it from flowing by parking my car there. Does that make sense? Makes absolute perfect sense. And I want you to talk about, so you've clearly articulated a choice that we have. And one of the things that people don't often think about is the consequences of that choice. So someone might look at you and say, okay, you're being weird. You try to play Pollyanna and think good things out of bad stuff. Okay, fine. What I'd like you to talk about is what happens to a person when they choose to do that as opposed to choose to freak out and be angry and curse at the city or the sky or whatever, or some other circumstance. Like, what is the difference when you choose to do one as you choose the other? So, first of all, if you have a practice of choosing to be pissed off about everything and thinking that the world is happening to you, your, your body will deteriorate. You literally kill yourself from the inside out, right? Mm -hmm. If you choose to live the way I practice, right? Looking at life as this is happening for me and everything is an experience for the elevation of my soul, then you actually are, you become regenerative. You, you give life to your body with your words on a regular basis. So, you know, over here, if you have a, a lifelong practice of woe is me and, you know, the sky is going to fall any minute, by the time you reach about 50 or 51, you've got diabetes from self-medicating or heart problems or stress or, you know, thyroid issues, all those kind of things, right? Or you could have the DNA that you had when you were 19 or 20 years old. And I can actually prove this scientifically because I've been tested and I'm 51 years old and I often get mistaken for much younger than that. And I also have like been tested by my doctors <laughs> because they told me to stop having kids. And I had my last one when I was 42. And when they did the genetic testing to see if I was okay to be an old woman having a baby, they said, oh, your cells are the same as a 25-year-old. So that's the difference. So I want you to, did the photo shoot go well? Was that all exciting? Oh, the photo shoot was fabulous. <laughs> so one way to think about it is, okay, the photo shoot cost 200 bucks more than I thought it was going to, you know, oh, well, you know. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, right. Not a big deal. All right. So I want to make sure people, you know, you've said some really fascinating things and I want to make sure people know where to find you, how to follow up with you, how to follow not only in places to be, maybe go to one of your retreats or something like that, but follow what you talk about and what you do and where to find your books and all that good stuff. Yeah, everything's centrally located on my website, CordeliaGafar.com. And um, 
You can also follow me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. I have a YouTube channel and Instagram, all Cordelia Gaffar. And uh, those are the best places to find me. So if I follow you on Instagram, what am I going to see? Oh, my goodness. Instagram is like my fun place. <laughs> uh, good. Tell me, what, what am I going to see there? So like on Instagram, I do dancing on Fridays. So every day has a theme for me. And so Friday is free up Friday. So I, I encourage you to be free in your body. One of my millions of certifications I have is as a movement facilitator. So um, and the other thing you'll see on Instagram is food because I have um, a sports nutrition certification and a holistic health certification. So I'm all about healing foods and what else? Eh. And then of course you see um, advertisements for my, my podcast and my retreats and every once in a while, a silly post, you know, with me being silly or me with my kids. So that's just real life. What's your podcast about? The free to be show is about, being free to be. It, it originally was called Replenish Me, but I renamed it on, in 2020. And uh, coincident, coincidentally, there are no coincidences, but that was the same year that I I separated from my husband. So, but the free to be show is about just, you know, being, uh, questioning, are you really free? You know, we, we always want, we talk about freedom and all those things. What is that? What is that for you? And I'll take it topic by topic. And I talk to interesting people. Like, I think I spoke with you, Kellen, recently on my show. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fabulous. So I want you to, to now think as, as sort of a wrap up, uh, what would you leave someone with who's heard all this interesting stuff and they're wondering, yeah, okay, where do I start? What? It sounds so good. I don't know. Like, what would you leave as a final thought for folks that are watching us today or listening? Yeah. I will say that um, your, your thoughts can be the bars to your prison or they can be the seeds to your growth. So I love that. Bars to prison. I think about that uh, when I talk about breaking the cage and I think about bars in a cage. Cordelia, I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today and for sharing parts of your personal life, parts of your silliness on Instagram, and parts of the wisdom and opportunities that you offer to people who want to be free to be themselves. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Colin. As to wrap this up, I want to encourage you to listen a couple of times, and I want you to check out Cordelia's stuff. I mean, the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to create your own life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. And Cordelia is a person who is doing that and offering a lot of insight and services to help those who resonate with her and find that what she said is exciting. I can tell you that if you do, you'll have one more opportunity and tool with which to create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow... 
This is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet.